I'll give a wave like this just to let you know that that joke is over. Okay. I misbehave on stage, but I'm better than when I wasn't sober. Okay, so um, I've sobered up, but there's still some blackouts. And um... I worked in Hyman's and survived tornadoes and trailers, but that don't mean I won't put in my two weeks later having a good time, baby. Okay, all right. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. My name's Dusty Slay, and I am the host of the We're Having a Good Time podcast. Um, well, I'd like to start off by telling you what's not a good time. My Facebook, still gone. And I'm dealing with uh, some kind of Facebook tech team, and they're the worst. They'll email me things like this that, well, they told me that my Facebook was back up and now it's not up. Um, so I'll email them and I'll go, hey, when do you think this is going to be back up? And they'll go, hi, Dusty. Thank you for taking time to reach out. Thank you for taking, I can't read. Thank you for taking time to reach back out to us. We understand that you are asking for further explanation on how the investigation is going on. We'd like to let you know that we fully understand that you may feel anxious due to the delay in the investigation period. Everything is under control. However, we seek your kind understanding that we're not able to provide an explanation at this time other than that the investigation is currently underway with the relevant teams regarding your issue. Please rest assured that we are committed to restoring access to your account as soon as possible and to improve the stability of account security. We hope that this email will be sufficient to reduce your worry somewhat. If you have any further questions, you are welcome to let us know, and we're more than happy to help. Your patience in the matter is greatly appreciated. Wish you a great day ahead. Thanks. Okay, so it's like, none of that is helpful. And so I sent back to them, I said, listen, I don't care. I don't care if it ever comes back. And they said, hi, Dusty. Thank you for your reply. We appreciate your patience and kind understanding. You will be notified as soon as an update is available. Now, keep in mind that about on Thursday, they emailed me and let me know that it was back, that the account was back. And then I went on there and I it's back, but I can't publish it. And then because I'm not an admin. And so I went on and I said that to them and they go, well, here's how you do it. And they told me how to run through it. But the things they were telling me to click on weren't available. So I said, well, this is not available. So then instead of them being like, oh, dude, we're sorry about that. We thought we had it fixed, but we don't have it fixed. They just give me these vague responses. So if you didn't already know, Facebook, social media are the worst. And the people who control it are even worse than the social media itself. But to be honest, I don't really care. My favorite social media is TikTok now. I like Instagram. I like TikTok. I could care less about the others. Twitter, garbage. Facebook, boring. It's like, okay, I get it. You know what I mean? And it's, uh, it's all pretty boring and life-sucking. And it pulls the life force out of you and leaves you. You, you, you look up from your phone and, and you're like, what the hell have I been doing for the last hour? Oh, I've been staring at videos that I don't even remember. What are we doing out here? I don't know. I'm having a good time. It's a beautiful day. It's a bit chilly today, which is the way it should be for November. And I got my window open. I hear someone cutting grass or leaf blowing something. Somebody was jackhammering the other day. And uh, all the sounds of fall. It's wonderful. I got a lot of birds out there. I had some finches. had a cardinal some chickadees, and a grackle all this morning. Maybe it's a crackle. It's a grackle, I think. Doesn't matter. Big bird. Big black bird with like a blue or yellow head. Depends on the sun. And it's got beady eyes. That thing looks pretty wild. But I'm excited to be here. 
I am excited. It's a Wednesday morning. Tonight I have a show at Zany's. Already sold out. I got a hot lineup. Ralph Barbosa is going to do it. Ralph I met in uh, Dallas, Texas at the Addison Improv. He was the host for me at my show when I was there in May. We were probably, went back when I was maybe the only headliner in the country doing a comedy show. Ralph was on there hosting for me. And then I'll have uh, Jill. I'm going to have to read her last name. Maragos. And I'm sure I've pronounced that wrong. Jill Maragos. She's from Memphis, Tennessee. I actually found her on TikTok. I thought she was funny. So I found out she lived in Memphis. I invited her to do the show. And then I have uh, B. Cov, Brian Covington, who's a local of Nashville. Very funny guy. I uh, haven't seen him in a while. He did a backyard show with me here uh, in my neighborhood during the pandemic. Uh, and then I have Connor Larson is going to do the show. So I got four hot, hot comedians, and it's going to be a good show. It's already sold out, but I just want you to know if you have tickets, what to expect. And, and then let's do this. Where we've been, where we're going. Where they going. Where they been? Where they going? Where, where they been? Where we're going? Where we've been? All right. So I am tired, and uh, you know I came back into this hot. I mean, since uh, about mid-August, I've been going pretty nonstop. August, September, October. This so far of November, and I've been going. I've been out, and I'm tired. I'm wearing down again. And after this weekend, I'll have uh, two weeks off, and that's nice. Uh, but this weekend, I'll be in St. Louis at the Funny Bone. That's going to be fun, a lot of fun. I don't know who I'm working with. Never been to this club. Never really done comedy in St. Louis. Not entirely sure what to expect, but I'm pumped. A uh, person from my management team, Levity Live, uh, Alex Goodman, is from St. Louis, and he will be there. While I'm there, so we're gonna, you know, we're gonna get to have lunch. It's gonna be a good time, and um, so I'm pumped about it. I'll be there. What are the dates? I'll be there uh, starting Thursday, uh, Thursday the twelfth through Sunday the fifteenth. It's gonna be a long weekend, probably six shows, and uh, and then you know, be seven in in five days starting tonight. So I'm I'm tired. But I feel good. I'm happy to be working. It's a good kind of tired. I mean, you know, I was also tired of not working. And then where have I been? Oh, 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 I want to say this too. Monday, we had a show, right? Monday, we had a show at Zany's. It's called Mystery Mondays. Lucy at Zany's has put together a, a fun kind of working comics open mic. So comics, you know, that are working regularly, that are out there doing this, doing that, they get a chance to come out and try out jokes. And a lot of people have moved to Nashville. So we had a hot lineup on um, on Monday. It was really good. I thought I screenshotted it, but I didn't. But, you know, you had, I was on the lineup. And this is a, I don't know how much the show costs, but it's not very much. And they're going to do it every Monday. And this particular Monday, let's see, who was on it? Uh, Renard Hirsch, very funny. Uh, Monty Mitchell, very funny. Reno Collier, very funny. I mean, everybody's very funny. I don't need to say it every time. Uh, Jonathan Craig. Um, let's see. Um, I mean, there was no bad set in this show. Josh Wolf has moved to town, uh, the, uh, and he had a good set. There was a guy named Kevin Shea in town just visiting. He crushed. Uh, Theo Vaughn was on the show. Um, and let's see. Oh, and then John Christ. Hilarious. Um, so uh, we got a lot going on here in town. And um, so do check out those Mystery Monday shows. And then I also have a show on December 23rd at Zany's. So if you didn't get tickets to this one, go ahead and get tickets to the next one because it's going to be good. People have been messaging me, asking me if I had any extra tickets. And... Um, I mean, they did release some more. I think capacity things got lifted somewhat. I don't know, but I think they did. Or either a bunch of people dropped their tickets. Either way, some tickets came available, and uh, people bought them. So it sold out again, but get them for December 23rd. That's going to be great.
But where have I been? Last week, I went to Lowell, Arkansas, to the Grove. I've been to the Grove many times. But this time, uh, I had I had reached out to Bill, who runs the Grove, if I could bring uh, my friends Chance Willie and Evan Burke, comics here in Nashville, friends of mine. I wanted them to host and feature just so Bill could see them and then so we could hang, have a good time, because there's a cabin that you stay in. So I thought, well, that'll be fun. The uh, three of us can hang in the cabin, have some cigars at night, have some CBD, you know, that sort of thing. And uh, it was a good time. And But Bill said, well, I already have people. I have Tyler Elliott hosting, very funny comic out of Tyler, Texas, and I have Linda Stogner featuring Hilarious out of Dallas. So, but Bill was like, you know what? Bring them anyway, and we'll do a showcase for them. So that's what we did. We took a road trip. We went to the cabin, and let me tell you, we got into the cabin. I've been in the cabin several times, but we were just standing in there, and it felt like the cabin had not gotten any TLC in a while. Nobody had really, you know, they clean it, but nobody, you know, everybody's working. Bill's got like three jobs. Uh, his wife, Rhonda, she's working hard. She runs the, seems to really run the restaurant. She's there the whole time, the restaurant, the club. And it's like, they're tired. They're not trying to go over there and be a, a fat, uh, a, what do you call it? A uh, interior decorator of the cabin. But we had some time. We were just hanging out, and I like to do this sort of thing. I had pitched a TV show one time called The Rearranger. I still think it's a good show, and I will make something out of it where I just go in and rearrange people's houses. Uh, you heard it here first, so when someone inevitably steals my idea, uh, you know where they got it from because uh, they will. People steal all my ideas. They all go, oh, that's stupid, and then they take it, but it's fine. Um, um like I was doing a show about, uh, I was doing a thing on YouTube about being on the road, called it On the Road with Dusty Slay. And then others started popping up by a similar name and uh, doing kind of the same thing I was doing uh, with better quality. Everybody always has more money than me. So they come along, take my idea, and then do it better. And then, um, <laughs> but uh, they used to do that when I sold pesticides too. The other pesticides companies had so much money that they would, you know, they would had manpower and great display shelves, so they would take all the good spots. So I would have to go in there and, like, find uh, creative ways to display my products. And the moment the big money people saw the new creative way, they would just move all my stuff and then put their stuff there in the same creative way. Like, they couldn't come up with the idea, but once the idea was out there, they were like, oh, we can follow this format. So that's what happens. But anyway, so we get in there, and I tell Evan and Chance, I say, man, I want to rearrange this cabin. And I fully expected both of them to just kind of sit there while I did it. But they were like, yeah, let's do it, because it was uncomfortable. It was closed off. It was weird. The, just nothing felt arranged right. And we got in there, and we started flipping chairs. We started moving uh, shelves and rearranging. And, and then that place became so comfortable that we couldn't stop talking about it. Tyler ended up coming over midday. He thought we were leaving because the door was open. I'm like, now nah, we're cleaning. Come on in. And he sat down, and it was comfortable in there. I mean, we told him a million times. We were like, just check out this place. Look at how clean this is. He was feeling it. And, uh, and then we went to a thrift store and because I was like, well – we got this done. Let's try to find a couple of decorations. So I found uh, one kind of classic painting uh, for 15 bucks, And then I found like a, a wooden carved Native American head uh, that I thought, well, that, that for a cabin, that's perfect. You know, it gives it the rustic vibe. And, um, and it looked great. So as I was Checking out, I found a spider on one of the paintings. And this lady who was working the front desk, she was a strange woman. And I was like, oh, there's a spider right there, but I think he's dead. And she goes, oh, I've been finding spiders everywhere. I got them coming out of my hair. Um, and then she was like telling us all about, you know how they say if you step on a, a mama spider, a bunch of spiders will come out? And I'm like, yeah, I guess I know. I guess I heard about that. And she goes, well, that's true. So... If you're wondering about that myth, wonder no longer because this lady has cleared it up. And she was trying to, you know, some of these thrift stores, they'll let you negotiate a bit. 
And so what they'll do is they'll call the vendor and they'll go, hey, will you take this for it? But she couldn't get in touch with anybody. And then she was trying to text them and she kept going, my dang phone update won't let me send pictures anymore. So I figured that was their negotiation, negotiating technique to not let me get it for cheaper. And, uh, and then she also went on a little rant about, uh, she said she's Native American and that she is uh, upset about the Redskins change. And, uh, but she was just ranting on and I'm like, I don't even like that team. You know what I mean? I don't care what their name is. Uh, the Washington football team sounds about right to me. You know what I mean? And, uh, but she was, she was on a thing. And uh, I liked her, though. She was a lot of fun. But she was a, uh, I don't like to call people crazy, but this lady was crazy. You know what I mean? But I, I imagine working in a thrift store all day could do that to you. And so then at Lowell, the shows were great. We had five shows. What do we have? Four shows and then a couple of showcases. Really funny. Tyler, Linda, uh, Chance, Evan, they all had great sets. It was really fun. Uh, Linda Stogner, uh, Chance said, who let the dog out? You, you know that song, who let the dogs out? Of course you do. And uh, he did that. And man, I laughed for, you know, about 45 minutes. And then we start. I wish I had the food on the road button. I don't know where my food on the road button went. But I haven't done food on the road in a long time. And um, I'd like to find it. Let's see if I can find it. I like to f I like to find things and and do that while I'm while I'm recording and then not go back and edit it. But I won't be able to find it. I bet. But I'm just gonna give it a try. I'm looking. It's gonna come or it's not gonna come. And then it's not going to come. So food on the road. You remember that bumper? If you've been listening for a while, you remember it. We, all right, so we stopped at some places. My friend Brian Bates said this is his least favorite part, so I quit doing it. Brian Bates has a weird amount of control on what I do. He told me the, that he liked my joke about uh, The Fireman by George Strait. I don't know if you heard that song. Let's play a little bit of it. Because um, it, when this song starts off, he goes like this. He goes... Sketchers teamed up oh, of course, there's an ad. It's only three seconds. Sketchers does not sponsor me. They can if they'd like. Here we go. He says, they call me the fireman. That's my name. And I'm like, well, is that your name or is that what they call you? Because if that's your name, that explains why they've been calling you that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, so, Brian, I quit doing that. Brian told me he liked it. But he says, that's what he just said. They call me the fireman, that's my name. Listen to a little more. Making my rounds all over town, putting out old flames. Making my rounds all over town, putting out old flames. I mean, that sounds like a man that's really helping out. You know, he lives in a town where there's uh, a lot of fires. And not only are there a lot of fires, but there's clearly no one to put those fires out because those flames are old. Right? I mean, this guy is doing a service that no one else seems to be able to do in this town. He says, everybody'd like to have what I got. I could cool them down when they're smoldering hot. I'm the fireman. That's my name. So I'm guessing this guy has a good hose or a good water supply. You know what I mean? Because he's going around putting out all these old flames. So, you know, as you go into this song, you think, what a good guy. You know, just really taking care of people, providing a service that no one else will do. But let's continue on. Let's find out what's really going on with this guy. Last night, they had a bad one a mile or two down the road. That sounds serious. My buddy walked out and left his 
woman burning out of control? Jeez, are we still talking about fire here? An hour? If this lady's on fire, it took you an hour to get down here? With a little mouth to mouth, she was ready to go. So she wasn't on fire. Uh, I guess the smoke got to her. But even after an hour, his mouth to mouth got her going. They call, me the they call this guy the fireman. That's his name. Making his rounds all over town, putting out old flames. Like to have what he got, a good mouth to mouth. What's this last verse all about? Oh. If you're gonna play in Texas, you gotta have a fiddle in the band. Oh, hit it. I got a fire engine red, T-Bird automobile. That doesn't sound like a good fire engine. In a minute or less, I can be dressed fit to kill. Whoa, whoa, what? In a minute or less, I can be dressed fit to kill? I hope he's talking about killing fires. I mean, I don't know what that's about. I work 24 on, 24 off when they get too hot to just give me a call. I'm the fireman. That's my name. This guy works 24 hours a day? Jeez, I mean, no matter what you're doing, that's got to be tiring. They call me the fireman. That's my name. Making my rounds all over. Okay, so let's go back here. Let's go back a little bit. Let's listen to the first verse again. Let's give it a different analysis. Let's say this guy's not a fireman. Let's say he's not even talking about putting out fires here. Let's say he's got a different agenda. Let's say this guy's up to something. All right, so my, a bad one a mile or two down the road with some different analysis, knowing the next line. So his buddy walked out and left his woman burning out of control, and they had a bad one. So let's say they had a fight. Last night we had a fight, a bad one, a mile or two down the road, not very far from him. His buddy, his friend... I mean, you don't just call someone your buddy if you don't like them a lot, if you're not tight with them. They're not, you don't meet someone and immediately they become your buddy. I mean, it takes time to be your buddy. So his buddy walked out and left his bur- woman burning out of control. So I don't know. I mean, let's, let's see what's happening here. So... His buddy walked out and left his woman burning out of control. He said, hell, I was down there about an hour or so. With a little mouth to mouth, she was ready to go. I'm the fireman. That's my name. So either this guy is spying. He's got some security cameras down there. Or the buddy stopped by. (laughs) The buddy stopped by. This is what I imagine happening. The buddy stopped by and said to George, I'm about tired of this, man. She just nagging me all the time. I'm trying to go out to the bar and hang out with my friends, and she just nagging me all the time. And George is like, yeah, man, you shouldn't put up with that. I wouldn't put up with it if I were you. I'd just go to the bar for several hours. And then as soon as the buddy left, George is like, I'm about to get in my fire engine red T-Bird automobile. In a minute or less, I can be dressed fit to kill. And he cruises down there. Gives this lady a little mouth-to-mouth, and she's ready to go. So, I think we got to rethink our stance on George Strait being such a good guy. But he's the fireman. That's his name. That's my name. So, anyway, that's a good time. So, all right, so we went to Bobby's Cafe. We stopped there at a town called Mall Mel. Arkansas, Mall Mel. We we coined the term all hell, Mall Mel, you know, and I thought Mel 
if your mom's name was Mel and you were real Southern, you'd call her Ma Mel. Oh, Ma Mel. Maybe she's your stepmom. You don't want to just call her Ma, but you're like Ma Mel. Like, I'm going to call you mom because you got step in the title. You're like stepmom, but I'm not going to go full on mom with it because that's disrespectful to my mom. But I'm going to say Ma Mel. Yeah, this is my Ma and this is my Ma Mel. And uh, so we stopped off at Bobby's Cafe, home of the Bobby's Burger. I don't know if you've heard of that, but if you have, this is where it, it lies. This is where it originated. So we walked in. I had cowboy boots on and a Nashville trucker hat and a bandana covering my face because in a private business, I respect a private business by wearing a mask sometimes, but I don't care about corporations or social media companies. So... I walked in with the mask. I got some looks, you know, because uh, as, uh, you know, Bob Seger would say um, uh, in the song, oh, let's see, uh, I'm having a lot of fun with the songs today. Um, turn the page. He says, uh, I'm sure there'll be an ad here too. Yeah, this is an Oreo cookie ad. Also not sponsored by Oreo. I'm going to just lower the volume here. All right, here we go. Remember this song? <laughs> On a long lonesome highway East of Omaha Arkansas is east of Omaha. You can listen to the engine moaning out as one lone song. That's true too. You can think about the woman or the girl you knew the night before. My wife. But your thoughts will soon be wandering the way they always do. So true. When you're riding 16 hours and there's nothing much to there's do. There's nothing to do when you're on the road you like that. Nothing to do except for, you know, text and drive. That's what my favorite thing to do. I'm driving. I get so bored. I'm like, well, I'll look at Facebook until it got hacked. Don't feel much like riding. You just wish the trip was through. Are we there yet? Say here I am on the road again. That's right. There I am up on the stage. There I am up there telling, saying we're having a good time. Playing star again. There I go. Turn the page. What an epic book it is. Here we go. This is this is the part I wanted. This is me. And Evan and Chance walking in to Bobby's Cafe with my long hair blowing in the breeze. You ready? This is me. Will you walk into a restaurant strung out from the road and you feel the eyes upon you? As you're shaking off the cold, you pretend it doesn't bother you, but you just want to explode. About the mask. I want to be mad about the mask. Most times you can't hear them talk. Other times you can't. All the same old cliches. Is that a woman or a man? I'm a man. And you always seem outnumbered. So outnumbered. You don't dare make a stand. You just gotta take it. That's how hard it is out here. Hey, but here, here I, I am. am. On the, On road, the again. road again. Just doing comedy. Here I am. Up on, Up the, on stage. the stage. Here I go. Just playing star. There I go. Turn the page. We're having a good time. Here I am. This is what it's like for me walking out on stage. This is me. Here we go. Out there in the spotlight, you're a million miles away. Every ounce of energy. 
try to give away just leave it out there like the comedy that you tell like the jokes that you tell uh, later in the evening as you lie awake in bed because who can go to sleep right after you smoke the day's last cigar or CBD. I remember what my wife says. Don't smoke cigars while you're on the road as I'm smoking it. Giving it everything I've got. Star again. We're having a good time. There I go. Then I get angry. Ah, here I am. Screaming. On the road again. There I am. On the stage. Here I go. Playing star again. There I go. That's how it feels for me every time on stage. Gosh, what a rush. <laughs> what, what a ride, you know? Ah, every ounce of energy you try to give away. As a sweat pours out your body, like the jokes that you say. Okay, so we walk into Bobby's and, uh, all right. And people cheer. We walk into Bobby's. We get a few strange looks, but we sit down and we're torn between the half-pound Bobby's burger or a patty melt. I love a patty melt. Anyone that listens to the podcast knows I love a patty melt. But we all decided to order the half-pound Bobby's burger, and wow, was it delicious. We left a review. If you want to look up Bobby's Cafe in Maumel, you can see a picture of me, Evan, and Chance uh, on the Google reviews, giving it a wonderful review for both service and food. And, um, and, and waving. And so that was a lot of fun. So we hit the road. And then later on, we went to a place called the Wagon Wheel Cafe. Now, Tyler had spent the night with us. Uh, so he decided to come on out uh, to lunch, which was great. Uh, Linda did not go because Linda did not stay at the cabin. And we, honestly, I'd love for Linda to have gone. But it was just one of those things where being on the road, hanging out, it's hard. So me and Tyler... Chance and Evan, we were going to a certain place, but along the way, we saw the Wagon Wheel Cafe. So we thought we'd stop off. And I'm going to be honest, I don't have a lot of faith in off-the-road diners anymore. Bobby's Cafe was a real find, and I thought we probably won't find another place like that. But we stopped off at the Wagon Wheel Cafe, and they had a sign that said, you must wear your mask into the restaurant, and you can take off your mask when your drinks arrive. Well, I did not do that. And uh, because... Uh, as you walk into the restaurant, strung out from the road, you can feel the eyes upon you as you're shaking off the cold. You pretend it doesn't bother you, but you just want to explode, right? So that's how I am every time I walk into a restaurant with a mask on. I just want to explode. So we go in there, and we sit down, and we take off our mask before the drinks arrive because we're rebels. We don't mess around. And... uh I had a hamburger steak with some peppers and onions on it, and man, was it delicious. I had some steamed cabbage. I put a little of that cabbage on top of the uh, meat, almost like a cabbage roll. I don't know if you have had that. It's kind of a Canadian, uh, Russian, Scandinavian thing, a cabbage roll where you wrap cabbage uh, around some ground beef, and then you cook it in the crock pot. So it was like that. Wow, was it delicious. And I loved it. And so you can go on, if you want to look up the Wagon Wheel Cafe, I think in Lowell, maybe Rogers, uh, Arkansas, look up that. You'll see a picture of me, Tyler, Evan, and Chance standing in front of the Wagon Wheel Cafe, giving it a great review and, a, um, and taking a picture. So on the way out, one last place, we wanted to get coffee. So I looked up coffee, and I, I do a Google Map search, and I try to find the one on our route closest to the interstate. So we found a place called Cowgirls Coffee, and I thought, well, that sounds like a good time. 
You know, I mean, I'm like, I'm wearing cowboy boots right now. Uh, who doesn't want to work into, walk into a place called Cowgirls Cafe uh, or Cowgirls Coffee with cowboy boots on? So I'm pumped about it. All the, all the guys are pumped about it. And we pull up to it, and it looks like it's a strip club. And we're like, well, this can't be right. But then we see there's like a little coffee shed. And uh, I think, well, um, you know, well, let's uh, – and then we're looking at the coffee shed, and we think, well, that's not the kind of coffee I want. I like a real coffee, you know. I want some real caffeine in there. I don't, I'm not really down with truck stop coffee. I will drink it, and I won't turn my nose up at it. But I like a good, strong coffee. And so we go, all right, well, let's look at the menu at least. So we pull the car up beside the menu, and as we do – we notice inside Cowgirls Coffee is a girl, a woman, serving coffee in her underwear, basically. And then uh, I go from, I don't want to get coffee here to, you know what, maybe we'll have a cup of coffees. You know what I mean? Maybe we will get a cup of coffees. So we get in line behind the other car that's there, and then we pull up to the window, and the girl says to me, I've been talking about you all day. I was like, well, that's amazing. And she said, yeah, I was at the show last night. And so it was great. So I got to look cool in front of my friends. Um, and it was, a, you know, it was a great time. But I had such a good time at, uh, and then we, you know what? And the coffee was delicious too, honestly. She gave us, she goes, how, how long of a drive you got? We were like eight hours. And she gave us black coffee with a couple espresso shots in there. And wow, was I jacked. I thought I had a heart attack in the car. But uh, I pulled through. And... Um, and we had a good ride home, but being there was great. I got to talk to a lot of people. I had a lot of fun talking to people. I do want to give a shout out. There was a couple, and I did not catch their name. We talked for a while. They were from Memphis, Tennessee, and he had, uh, the one guy had a, a hat that I thought was bootlegged. I thought he put my patch on some other kind of hat, but really what it was, he had been wearing that hat so long, it was so wore out. It was beyond recognition, and I enjoyed talking to them, and honestly, I would like uh, if you guys are listeners of the podcast, and I think you are, um, uh, shoot me an email, uh, dustyslaycomedy at gmail.com. Send that picture of us. I'd like to have contact. I, wanted, I should have exchanged numbers with you guys. I wanted to hang out with you, talk to you, give you a shout out. Um, so hit me up, dustyslaycomedy at gmail.com, and send me a picture, uh, that picture of us, so that I know it's you, and then let's talk. And then there was another group of guys there. Guy looked like me, a bit bigger, and he had a, a Bass Pro Shop hat on, trucker hat, a white one. It looked really good. I wanted the hat. I wanted to take the hat from him. And um, But they had a flat tire when we left, and I hated to leave him there with a flat tire, but it was a big truck, and I don't – I've had to change a tire like that. It's not fun. And um, so, I mean, all in all, great great trip. I mean, I got to, uh, I got to see my friend uh, – my friend John Deckert, his wife, um, and um, it's good to see them. Um, sorry, I, I blanked out. Uh, but I got to see John, and that was nice. Uh, always nice to see him. He's come out every time. Uh, Bill and Rhonda were great. Their kids, uh, the wait staff at, um, at, the, um, at the Grove, Nev. Nev waited on us the first night. Very fun. And uh, uh, we had a great time. So any of those people I've named, if you're looking to book people, book them. They get Tyler Elliott, Chance Willie, Evan Burke, uh, Linda Stogner. They can all, they're all hilarious and they can all do clean comedy and it's great. So, um, wow, I feel like that's every, I really wrote down stuff to talk about and I feel like that's everything. And even I <clears throat> did, um, uh, all this stuff with the Bob Seger song and whatnot. So, all right. So here, I'll talk about this. I've been, um, uh, let's see, let's find something. Jeez. I had a real plan here today. I was like, all right, this will take me on through, but it did not. Oh, 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 here's another one on the way back. Oh, I want to, oh, this is great. I want to do this, uh, because this is, this is the most hilarious thing to me. On the way back, we saw a truck and it had, uh, on the back glass, it had ADHD. Um, uh, 
in, in, in graphic letters on the back glass in the, in, in the same way that you would see ACDC with a lightning bolt in the middle, it said ADHD, right? And I don't understand what that's all about. But as we got closer, this guy had his social media on there. And I don't know what this guy is all about, but his, he, he had his social media on there, and his social media on Instagram is at legendary MOF, right? And I don't know anything about this guy. I don't know this guy. He's got a truck that he fixed up that he customized, and then we read some of his posts, and they are, um, you know, he's overly dramatic about stuff and his friends seem to be making fun of him all the time but I thought how fun would it be he has 60 followers how fun would it be if people just went on and followed him just for fun you could mute him it doesn't matter but just for fun just to see his followers grow because uh as much as I don't care about anything he posts I got to admire the guy putting his uh, social media on his truck. I mean, that at least says to me, I think he's a pretty good driver. Because if, if I put my social media on my car, I would get nothing but hate mail from people. I mean, I drive like a maniac sometimes. And I love it. I have a great time with it. But So we looked him up. We had a good time making fun of him for a while. Um, he, he actually seems like a you know a pretty, pretty decent dude. But... Uh, all right, let me read one thing here. It says story time. I have always been happy. Oh, no, I can't, I can't read it all. I try to get, I just miss all the words. Story time. I have always been a happy, goofy, outgoing person with a huge heart. Now, I could sit here and tell you that another person tried to break me, but I won't say that because it wasn't another person at all. It was myself. I knew I was making choices that weren't healthy for me. In fact, almost everything I did was detrimental to myself in some way or another. Did someone hurt me? Take advantage of me? Take me for granted. Of course they did. But I did it to myself first. Once I realized who the fault resided with, it was painful. But only for a minute or two. Then I knew I was ready to fix myself. This has been such a good year for me. Wow, that's good for that guy, huh? 2020. This has been such a good year for me. Nothing has gone the way I thought it would or planned it for it to. At first, you might think that sounds bad, but it has been such a humbling year for, for me. I got to lose myself just so that I could search for who I am. The man I was is gone. The man that I am is only different in the fact that every step I have taken has been a learning experience. I have had an awesome support system. Can't wait to see what God has in store for me next. Now, I wanted to read that and make fun of that guy. <clears throat> but I got to tell you, this guy's got a good outlook. I mean, I was fully trying to read that to make fun of him, but wow, I'm the fool now. But uh, it's great. So give that guy a follow, legendary MOF, just for fun, right? just for fun. I'm not vouching for him. You could start following in him and then he could ask you for nudes. I don't know. But um, <laughs> I just think that'd be fun. How fun would it be if suddenly for a guy who's had 60 followers for, I don't know, several years, suddenly got like, I don't know, another 60, bumped up to 120, doubled his, 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 his uh, viewership. It would inspire this guy, a guy who's clearly had his heart broken, He's from Mississippi, this guy. I don't know what it's like in Mississippi. All I know is that growing up in Alabama, what we used to say was, at least we're not bad as Mississippi. And my understanding is that people from Mississippi say, at least we're not as bad as Alabama. So, goes both ways. Goes both ways. I want to share a verse. Uh, I'm going to share a Bible verse. And... Um, and the reason is because uh, this has always been a good verse for me. When I was, you know, going through stuff at various times, I would look at this one. And it um, is Ecclesiastes. Um, chapter 6, verse 7. 
Uh, and this is K KJV. Uh, I always read KJV, but you know what? I will read. I think this is the. I don't like NIV, but I'll read NIV because I think it's easier to understand. Nah, that's actually not as good. Let's go back KJV. All the labor of man is for his mouth, and yet the appetite is not filled. Now, at various times, uh, even quitting drinking, that would be a verse that would, uh, quitting smoking cigarettes, that would be a verse that would appeal to me. All the labor of man is for his mouth, yet his appetite is not filled. Um, uh, one version I read said, all man's efforts are for his mouth, yet his appetite is never satisfied. And the reason that I like this is because I feel like this applies to all things. In our society right now, this very moment, what we're all going through is this weird kind of materialism thing where we're like, oh, this person has this and I only have this and I want this and they have this and I want that. And even you can get like that in comedy, even as good as things go, have go, been going for me with comedy, I can get like that. I can look at somebody else and I go, oh man, they got that. I want that. I want that. Why am I not getting that? But this verse says to me, it doesn't matter what you get, because when you get that thing, suddenly it will not be enough. You always want to strive for the next steps. You always want to strive for your life to be better. But I think this is saying that th that thing that you want will not make you whole. It will not make you feel uh, the, the, the wholeness and the satisfaction that you think it will. I mean, it's like, I always refer to this, but back in 2011, when I won the stand-up comedy competition in Charleston for the first time, uh, I always say that I expected a parade. I didn't expect a parade, but I really expected a lot more. I, I expected that, okay, now I will get the respect of the comedy community. And not that I wasn't being disrespected anyway, but now I'll get the respect of the city. I'll get the respect of the local paper that celebrates arts and everything like that. I'll, I'll maybe get the cover of the city paper that I've always wanted. You know, I never got that, by the way. Um, and um, I just felt like, oh, this is it. This is going to be the thing. And it wasn't. And so next year, when I won it again, I knew that it wasn't going to bring me that satisfaction. So I wasn't disappointed. I wasn't let down. I appreciated it. I was excited. All of the good things were still there, but none of the disappointment because uh, I knew what to expect. But I just think that we can go through so much uh, of everything and just think, man, if I, just, if I could just get this, I would feel better. Or if I, oh, man, my car. Like I drive a Toyota Corolla around most of the time, and I'm not. I'm happy that I drive a Toyota Corolla. That car's paid for, and I don't have a car payment, and I'm pumped about it. And the gas mileage is great, but it is not a cool-looking car, right? When I leave, you know, the comedy club after a night of, you know, being on stage, um, and then I, then I go out, I hate for people to see me get in the car because I just feel like it's going to ruin some type of illusion for them, right? But I just know that, if I get, an, I would like a truck, but for utility reasons. Um, but if I get a new flashy car, that's, it's not going to make me feel, uh, it's not going to change anything in my life. Um, it's just going to, I don't know. So I just like sharing that. Ecclesiastes chapter 6, verse 7. All the labor of man is for his mouth, yet his appetite is never satisfied. And honestly, uh, everybody likes to read Proverbs, and I think Proverbs is great. I always read King James Version, and um, I think that's the version to read. Um, but Ecclesiastes often gets overlooked, and they're both written by Solomon, who is described in the Bible as the wisest king ever. So it's like, uh, it's full of great stuff. I mean, so uh, I recommend giving that a read, both Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. It's very uplifting. It's... Um, I don't know. It's really good stuff. And I would give it a look. Um, so um, there are some songs that I, that I heard over the weekend that I'd like to share, but I forget what those were. I'm sorry if this is – actually, no, I'm not sorry. Uh, this podcast is great. We're having a good time here. I was going to say I'm sorry if this podcast is 
seemed like a bit of a drag at the end. But you know what? This is how it's going to be. Sometimes it's going to be hot. It's going to be popping. It's going to be on fire. And other times I'm going to be like, dang, I'm tired. And that's how I am today. Um, I feel I, I, I did, uh, you know, five shows over the weekend, but I was also there for like seven because I sat there for uh, Evan and uh, I don't know if that, I did four. I sat there for six and uh, so I was there for Evan and Chance's show too. And then I came home and Monday I did a show. Last night was my only day to do nothing, but even then I took a couple of meetings, uh, Zoom meetings. And then, um, you know, today I got a show, and then I'm doing shows all weekend. But after that, I get two weeks off, lots of rest. I just talk all the time. I feel like my voice wears out. People will ask me to do podcasts, and I want to do them. Um, but my voice gets wore out. Oh, here's a couple of things. Um, I got a couple of... Uh, couple of messages. Uh, here's one. Uh, this is one I got from Columbus, Ohio. Hey, Dusty, we are the group that flew in from Washington State just to see you this past Saturday. It was worth every penny. We really enjoyed your opener and the show. The opener was Aaron Weber. Our stomach hurt Sunday from laughing. I was the one who threw the Q-tips on stage. Laugh emoji. Keep up the hilarious comedy. We hope to see you again sometime soon. I hope you can make it back to our corner of the country Again, also, stay cool, brother. That's James Whitaker who sent me that email. Thank you, James. I appreciate that. Hope you don't mind. I read that out on the on the air. Here's another question. This is this this guy is um, emailing from uh, Sweden. He says, "Thank you for the very good po- for a very good podcast. I enjoy listening to it, and I like the relaxed tone or vibe." If the latter is a good word, I don't really use it frequently or remember using it much myself. So, uh, I don't know. Good tone or vibe is fine with me. An average person listener from Norway here. So, from Norway. All the way from Norway. Around the world. I'm just wondering, although it might be a bad question, if you could explain what taking CBD entails. You know, we don't really have CBD or American weed here, legally or illegally. Hash from the street is the only option mostly here. I'm a drinker only, actually myself, but hash is gaining more popularity over here. So I'm just curious, is CBD really a cool thing to do socially, or is it just weed of the various weeds you seem to have in some states in America but you yourself don't really want to say it out loud or on the air. I could understand if that was the case. Oh, and, and another question. I'll be uh, something like that. Uh, also a person, uh, a personal one, I assume. Okay. Uh, you say you didn't move to Charleston and instead stayed closer to your home uh, for good or for a longer time. What kind of life? Oh, I like this question. What kind of life do you think you would have had over the years then and by now? What kind of person would you be? I know it's a difficult question to answer, but I asked myself this from time to time as I grew up in a smaller town, but then moved to a city. All right, so I'm going to answer the first question here about CBD. Uh, CBD is sometimes a code that I use, (laughs) but... uh, (laughs) I do like CBD. I think CBD is really good because uh, I think it can give you some of the medical benefits. Like, and that, you know, and I'm not, you know, necessarily saying medically, I guess, but it's like uh, being able to relax if you have muscle pains, if you have joint pains, stuff like that. I think you can take CBD and you're not getting high. It's not like you're doing drugs. But you do get the relaxing effects with it without without the uh, without the high, and uh, so I do think CBD is good. I don't think it's cool to do socially. I mean, cool in the sense that everybody's okay with it, but people are not like, "Oh man, that's awesome! You're doing some CBD, huh? Cool, bruh." You know, they don't do that. So I don't know what that noise was, but they don't do that sort of thing. But I like CBD. I think CBD is great, but. Uh, I know some people, there's a, a Todd Riley, a comic out of Charlotte. He has a great joke. He said CBD stands for could have bought drugs. 
Um, my wife thinks that CBD is uh, is fake and is a uh, does nothing. Uh, so um, some people say it gets rid of inflammation, and I don't even know what that is. I didn't even hear about inflammation until CBD came out. Uh, so, but the other question, an interesting one. Um, I'm just going to try to narrow it down. Basically, the question is, he, he said, you moved away. Oh, he, he says, say you didn't move to Charleston and instead stayed closer to your home for good or for a longer time. What kind of life do you think you would have had over the years then and by now? And what kind of person would you be? That's interesting. That's an interesting question because, you know, I grew up in a trailer park. My parents are divorced. My dad lives on a farm. My dad lives on a farm that a house that his dad built in 1947. My dad was born and then shortly after that moved into that house and has been there for most of his life. I lived there until I was about two. My parents got divorced and my mom, who had two kids from a previous marriage, my older sisters, um, she moved to a trailer park. Now, this tra I think part of the reason was she had a job, and the job was at a VHS plant making VHS tapes. And she, this trailer park was close to, to where she was at, so she needed something kind of in a rush, and then we just got settled in there. My mom actually made pretty good money. Um, if we'd had a two-family income, we probably never would have lived in the trailer park. But we did live in the trailer, and that's why on my first album, Making That Fudge, I have some jokes about being called the rich kid in the trailer park. I mean, nobody ever used those terms, but I was in the trailer park, and it did felt like we had a little bit more than most of the other people in the trailer park because my mom was making decent money and not saving any of it. So we were, you know, we were spending. And, um, and then at 14, we moved out of the trailer, and we moved into a house in front of the high school where my mom still lives, and... Um, I moved, I lived in that house from 14 uh, until about 19 for five years. And then I moved, I was able to buy that trailer back and I bought it for a thousand dollars and I moved back into that trailer. And then uh, a friend of mine, me and Joey Tomlinson were hanging out one New Year's. This is probably New Year's of 2003. And we were both 20 and we were like just bored. We thought we had these great New Year's plans and then Nothing really popped up, and then we were like, you know, let's get out of here. We got to get out of Opelika. Like, let's get out of here this year. And so by August of 2003, we moved to Charleston. Um, and then because of that, uh, you know, I ended up taking an improv class that got me into, um, you know, led me to stand up and then, you know, to where I am now. Uh, but that's an interesting question because I was living in this trailer. I had a good friend group. I had a lot of friends. I mean, we were getting into a lot of trouble, but I had a good friend group. I was working at Office Depot. I very well could have worked my way up into management at Office Depot. My dad was an insurance salesman. My dad had a great thing going in Lafette, Alabama, where he sold insurance, and he was like the only Aflac agent in town so he had a good clientele and he had a he had enough of a roster that he could have just passed that roster down to me probably and then I could have done that so I could have you know my dad owns a few houses in in Alabama on a farm so you know uh you know my life could have went in a, a, a various directions but I very well could have moved to where my dad lives in Pennon and um sold insurance and farmed and lived in one of the houses that he has and, um, you know, probably got married and had a family and probably had a good life, right? But uh, I think the uh, pursuit of wanting something else, you know, it led me to, to find new things. I mean, it's like not even having a real plan, not even knowing what I was looking to do, um, you know, led me down a path of finding things. And also being, you know, a lot of these conversations that I have, I mean, up until recently, I would always leave religion out of it. But to be honest, I mean, I always felt 
uh, even in the, you know, when I was being the worst kind of person that I, you know, I was uh, always felt led by God, you know, I mean, I strayed away, but I always felt like God was uh, guiding me and protecting me. So I felt like as long as I made the right moves and as long as I, you know, always tried to have money stashed away. So, you know, if something happened, I would be okay for a little while. Um, I felt okay, but I, I, I think that's an interesting question because I don't know where I would be. I had gotten myself into a few things living in Opelika that had I not had the dreams to want to get out of there, I might have kind of settled into. Or I think about girls that I dated. I mean, you know, wonderful people. Um, but I think about them and think, would I have married one of them? Would I... Potentially, I mean, I was not always living right. I could have knocked somebody up and, um, you know, and been been there. And I don't think that would have been a bad life. I have friends that stayed in Opelika that still live there and that have families and have a similar life. And I don't think that would have been a bad life. But ultimately, I am glad that I took some risk and glad that I moved to Charleston and stuck it out because it wasn't easy. The first six months was really hard in Charleston. I had never done anything like that. And I didn't know how to do it. So it was really hard, and um, but I am glad that I did it because, you know, I get to live the kind of life that I live now, which is, you know, is uh, equally as tiring as some of the other jobs that I've done and equally as demanding, if not more demanding. Um, uh, this is Martin from Norway. Martin has one more question. P.S. Is Swedish snooze available in Tennessee by now? I'm not really a fan of tobacco, I don't much like the taste of snooze, but with a different upbringing, I think I might have, could have started with it. All right, that was my third question. Too many, I guess. Sorry for not keeping it shorter. Um, he says, uh, although I think tobacco keeps some people more sane or balanced, I tried out smoking cigs for a half a year more than 10 years ago, but decided I probably shouldn't and quit completely. Not a good experience, the quitting. Yes, it's not easy. I wish, um, sometimes I would like to not do tobacco at all. I do a fair amount of cigars. And I, sometimes I think it makes me feel bad. I'll do a lot of cigars on the weekends and then I get home and kind of like try to detox and try to let the nicotine out of my system. And then I think I end up making myself feel bad for that. My body feels a bit drained. But you know what? I don't know what to do. I mean, the, the best life is a clean life, but it's hard to live a clean life because it's boring sometimes. You know what I mean? And it is hard. And that's all part of the work and part of the self-discipline. Um, which, you know, I am very disciplined at times and then other times not. But it's like, you know, I live in a world of people drinking. And uh, as a non-drinker, it's like sometimes I need a thing to hang. So sometimes after a show, it's like I, either it's like I just go sit there with you or I go we go sit somewhere and I have a cigar and we talk. And hopefully you have a cigar with me. But we just sit and talk and, and smoke cigars. And when the cigar's done, I'm done. Um, but... Uh, well, this podcast really turned up. I like, I, I forgot about that. I've gotten some more. I've gotten, uh, here's another one. This is the last one. These are just complimentary to me, but I want people to know I appreciate them. This is from a guy named RT. I don't write fan letters, but I'm going to make an exception. Exception. I saw you a few years ago in Tempe, Arizona when you opened for Bob Marley. I knew right then that you were going to be big. He put big in all caps. I was hoping I'd get to see you again. The last time you were in Tempe, I saw you, and you were even better than the first time I saw you. I'm a huge fan, and I tell everyone I know to listen to your comedy. That said, I hope to see you in Tempe again one of these days. Be safe on the road, and my very best wishes to you on your continued success. Thank you, RT. I appreciate that. Uh, I love Tempe. I love uh, being in that downtown area. There's a great cigar shop that I went to while I was there. Uh, I rode a scooter to the cigar shop. It's a lot of fun. My friend David Ross lives in Tucson, Arizona. So when I'm out there, he comes out. Uh, it's great to see him and his wife. And um, I would love to come back. I don't know why. I mean, I imagine 2020. I didn't get booked there because of what happened in 2020. But they really like me at that club. Also at Stand Up Live in Phoenix. They really like me there. Uh, I do well. 
with the club and with the audiences. But I don't know why I haven't been booked there again. I'm sure it's not anything personal because the management likes me. I like them. I mean, they have a great staff. The people that work there are so nice. And, and there's two door guys that have been there for a long time. I think one of them does comedy. And, uh, and then I always get the same driver, uh, Charles. Uh, like a, I bet this is like a late 60-year-old black man that is like the coolest and also like in, most intimidating guy. He just talk. He goes, he'll call up the club and he's like, hey, this is Charles. He's like, I got, I got your performer here. And I can't even do it, but he's got a deep voice and he talks real slow. And he's great. And so the last, uh, the first time I was there and got a driver, it was him, and I was so pumped. And then the second time I went back, he was my driver again, and I was like, boom. And he drives me the whole time. I mean, this guy on Saturday night, he'll be driving me home around midnight, and then my flights are early, so he'll be picking me up at like 4. And I'm like, dang, Charles, they're working you to death. Me too, but they're also working you to death. And uh, But that was a great podcast. And, um, I'm not going to edit this. So disregard the part where I said that I'm sorry that this is not going to be a good podcast because it was a good podcast. The best one of the best. Well, listen, thank you for tuning in to more exciting adventures of the, we're having a good time journey and, uh, I'll be back next week and, uh, follow me on TikTok at dusty slay, my new favorite social media. All right, we're having a good time.